Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, recovering people pleaser and ASW empowerment coach, Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you're here with me as we progress on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. Today, we're going to keep the conversation going about women encouraging women to drop the cape. This is such an important topic that deserves a spotlight, so I'm excited to talk about it today. All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, as always, you know I have three important things that I want to share with you. First, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person who is passionate about encouraging people to live their best lives. Two, I'm a Christian, and so I'm going to share personal experiences that are going to involve my beliefs, but I'm not going to force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I identify as a woman, hence the podcast name, and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be a women. However, men, please know I am fully aware we have supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain that strong and unshakable image, you're in the right place because this is a podcast for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools to go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, then join the Encouragement Fam. Remember to click subscribe, like, rate, and review. Welcome. We are so happy to have you. Okay, so now that we've gotten all the logistics out the way, let's jump into women encouraging women to drop the cape. I am so excited about it. This is a continuation, like I said, of the miniseries. And so I wanted to usher us into the end of the season of ASW with talking about what we're here for, right? Encouraging each other. It doesn't get highlighted enough. And so I'm here today to change that. And I truly believe that I've been placed here to change that, to encourage people and to encourage people to encourage people. It's a blessing to encourage y'all. There is so much airtime focused on women working against each other It can make it seem like that's the norm, like that's the expectation. But I am a firm believer that it's actually the opposite. It's more common for women to encourage one another than it is for women to tear each other down. So ASW is putting in the work to shift the narrative. And I'm thankful that I have met magnificent women that I can call on to share the true narrative in word and action, okay? And I am so happy to have with me today, Lania West of Shy Unique Finds. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. This all started, you know, I got the inspiration from being on your live. And so I really love that you are here closing us out on this series of women supporting women. I think it's just so important. Mm-hmm. I love it. And thank you for doing my live. Um, I know I just came out of nowhere like, hey, you want to do this thing? And you're like, sure. I'm like, hey. So I'm happy I to be here. I absolutely here. loved it. So thank you. I appreciate you thinking of me. I was like, oh, yay. 
This is all divine. I feel like it is. And so before we get started, I want you to do us the honor of telling us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Where you're from? All that good stuff. It's so funny when people ask me that. I'm always like, what don't I do? (laughs) But I am Linnea West. I am from Chicago, Illinois, and I I will call myself a serial entrepreneur. I am the owner of Shy Unique Finds Jewelry, which is a handmade jewelry boutique online specializing in any type of crystal jewelry, wire jewelry, but waist beads and braces are a big thing. But I'm also a podcaster and what I like to call vlog caster. Um, I have a podcast with my best friend and I have a vlog cast with a really great creative partner. Um, And in the daytime, I work in child welfare. So somehow (laughs) it all happens. (laughs) <laughs> no wonder your heart is so big child welfare that's major yeah yeah <laughs> especially in chicago Ooh, well man. kudos all over but <laughs> kudos to you because i know that is not an easy job my mom was a foster mom in florida and so i know all the ripping and running that people in child welfare had to do and it's a lot it's a lot so thank you thank you for what you do so with all that you have going on would you consider yourself a superwoman or an antithesis of superwoman i'm gonna have to be an antithesis of a superwoman the cape had to come off it it had to i couldn't i couldn't do it no more it was heavy it is heavy it is (laughs) absolutely heavy when did you realize that it was like okay it's time for some things to change i would actually say probably in the last several months I realized as I was trying to grow my other endeavors outside of the jury business that it was just too much because I was trying to be the daughter that I've always been to my mom. I have a special needs uncle. My grandmother was battling cancer earlier this year. So I was her tag team partner and caring for both of them while still trying to build a brand, maintain a relationship, be a support system to my friends, do these other creative endeavors, be, you know, a one employee. And I was like, I can't, something is not getting the attention it needs. And that something was myself. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, if I want to survive, something got to, something got to give. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. How is your grandma doing? She is fine. She is in remission. Praise God. Um, I always tell women, cause she had gynecological cancer, no matter what age you are, Go see your OBGYN. If there's a problem, go get it checked out. Do not wait. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm so thankful that she's doing good. My grandma is a three-time cancer survivor. And so um, breast cancer twice. And um, yeah, it's, you know, I wasn't with her in the day-to-day because she's in New Jersey. I was Mm -hmm. in Florida and then in Washington State. But just the fight that you know they have to go through to to push through um so yeah I'm so glad that she's doing okay and I'm sure in that situation too that probably helps shed light on how important it is for you to actually take care of yourself it was extremely important and I think even watching my mom because she still wears her cape and I'm like girl if you don't take that thing off (laughs) it just (laughs) it, it showed me like what I didn't want for myself exactly 
Exactly. I I love that. Why do you feel like we step into this role of being superwoman in the first place? Because it's what's expected of us. I think, you know, my grandmother, love her dearly. She'll be 80 in March. You know, she always taught me the hardest thing to be in this world was a Black woman. Facts. Because you have to carry everything on your back and it's expected of you. I remember being 13 years old and expected to come home from school and help, you know, prepare my uncle's dinner. And I'm like, yeah, he's special needs, but I'm a child. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, growing up, even though I'm also the youngest, like I know this week I'm expected to show up and help cook, help clean, and then help, you know, prep for the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. And it's just always, I'm going to call my daughter or it's going to be on Lania. And I think because historically, sorry, no offense to any man, women have done it all, raising the children, taking care of the home, going to work, you know, education, leading things spiritually, everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We, we here. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have, are your siblings brothers? My, on my mom's side is my brother. On my dad's side, it's blended. My dad, there's 11 of us. Oh, wow. Yeah. And even uh, all of my younger siblings are boys and they expect me to be mom number two for them. And I'm like, no, (laughs) love you, but no. (laughs) But no, it's a no for me. So I think that's so important. I'm glad that you also shared that your mom still wears a cape because I really think our generation is a generation to be like, nah, time mm-hmm. out. This ain't working. You know, and we keep we keep doing the same pattern and falling into the falling in line with the same things and we keep getting the same results, you know, illnesses, mm-hmm. stress, burnout, heart conditions, you know, like the gamut, we end up getting it all. And it's related to all the things that we put on ourselves, how heavy this cape is that we were never supposed to have in the first place. I agree. I definitely agree. So what are, I know I shared my idea of some of the impacts of wearing a cape. What do you think some of the impacts are of wearing a cape? Um, Just thinking about, you know, some conversations I had today, anxiety and depression are two of the really big things that I think of, especially anxiety, because I know so many women, myself included still at times, who can't find enough time in the day or just feel like they're trapped in their voices and being heard and they can't convey the message they want to convey or even act the way they need to act without somebody looking at them like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Right. And it, it, they just suppress themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no. That is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's true. And, you know, a lot of times I've been seeing this thing circulate around a lot on social media. And I find it to be true that a lot of times Black women do not recognize that they're dealing with depression or anxiety. Instead, they Mm -hmm. feel like they're failing. I can definitely see that. And that's, I was like a light bulb went off when I saw that. I was like, absolutely. You feel like you're failing. You know, the whole reason I started this podcast, well, one was mainly because God told me to do it because I really wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) 
trying to do it. But also because I I realized that I just felt like a complete failure. I was pregnant uh, with my son. So my second pregnancy and I was extremely sick. I could barely function. And the only reason I wasn't hooked up to medication and IV was because some of the side effects were potential heart conditions for the baby. And I already have heart conditions. And I was like, I ain't trying to double expose him to whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. issue, um, heart issues there may be. And so I really felt like a failure. And in those moments where I just felt my lowest, like I just couldn't do anything that I wanted to do to help others, to help myself, like it just wasn't working. And I just got this moment where I was sitting in my prayer closet crying and the Holy Spirit was like, and I still love you the same. Mm-hmm. And it was then where I was like, oh my gosh, like I never realized that I was sitting here doing everything that I was doing, never saying no, you know, taking on everything that was presented to me because I felt like that somehow improved or increased my value. Mm-hmm. When it was like, that has nothing to do with it. My value is my value because of who I am as a person in my heart, not because of what I'm able to do or provide or protect you from. Right. Right. And so to me, that was a huge eye opener and why this whole thing came about. Cause I was like, I know I'm not the only one who feels like a failure, who feels like because I didn't get these thousand things done because I only got 492 out of the thousand done that I have completely failed mm-hmm. at everything. Cause that's another thing we do. It's either you do it all or you've done nothing. Exactly. It's never like, Oh, kudos to everything that you got done. You know, I think it's so important for us to spread the word that this Cape was not meant for us. It was never meant for us. And if we truly look at, who the embodiment of Superwoman is, it's a fictional character that we'll never be able to live up to. And we shouldn't want to, because we can have far more impact just being a whole person and being a whole woman and just loving on ourselves. And so I'm so happy. I feel like I kind of went all around the world with that, but I'm so happy that you brought up anxiety and depression because especially as Black women, a lot of times we do not see or recognize it as anxiety or depression. And even if we do recognize some of the signs, we don't want to accept it because we feel like that's some sort of like scarlet letter on our chest, right? Is it's so much that we have to go through, even in working through the healing of getting to the other side of letting the cape down. So that those are definitely two that I think are so on point, anxiety and depression for sure. Yeah. So I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying when you were saying that, I was thinking, um, you know, so many times I, the first time I went to therapy, I was 25. And when I told people I was in therapy, they was like, what, you crazy? And I think that stigma, especially in the African-American community, that you have to be crazy to go to therapy. And I'm like, no, I just want to talk to somebody without bias. Right. Or somebody that can give me some tools that I don't have to help me figure out whatever it is. And I think that's something we really have to take off. We have to take off the blinders or the notion that, you go to therapy if you're crazy. No, you go to therapy because you just might need a listening ear that doesn't have expectations of you 
right. or an idea of what they need and want you to be. Exactly. And I think, you know, if you look at it, most of the people who say, oh, you crazy if you go to therapy have never been to therapy at all. Right. And so if they actually experience therapy for themselves, they would be able to see like, oh, this is actually a good thing. Like this is nothing. Mm-hmm. To do, <laughs> this is nothing to do with you being stamped crazy on the forehead, you know, wearing a big C around you know and so I think and that's actually something I'm doing in season three is talking to therapists to actually get a good understanding of what what is therapy right Mm -hmm. you know breaking down some of the myths is not for rich people it's not for crazy people it's not for white people it's for everybody you Mm -hmm. know and so I'm thankful that my mom um, raised me to have an open mind when it comes to therapy. So when my parents were going through divorce, she put me in therapy. So I was young, you know, I was a kid going to therapy and she found a black woman, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that additionally made it feel like a safe, you know, environment. And so I've, ever since I was a kid, I was like, yeah, therapy. I ain't mad at that. You know, so I'm so glad that I've had that because it never had a stigma for me. Like I would see other people talk about it, but I was like, yeah, that's not my experience. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy is bay over here. Okay. (laughs) Over here too. Right. So yeah, that's so important. And we do need to encourage therapy as you know, first, just marketing it as what it is, which is a place where you can go and talk to somebody that doesn't have any bias, that's not going to judge you or shame you for your thoughts and your feelings. And that is going to help you with a game plan or a set of tools to get to where you want to go, because they're Mm -hmm. also not telling you what to do. They're helping you understand yourself so you can create a game plan and they can just kind of help you and support you along the way. Right. And who doesn't want that? You know, (laughs) I love support. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. We all need support is is necessary. Right. And so why do you feel or what are some ways that you feel we should encourage other women to drop the cape? I really think it's listening. And I say that in so much that I think of, you know, when we talked earlier, I was like, I just turned 30, 30 hit different. I realized that conversations with friends Mm -hmm. had to change. So, you know, instead of getting on the phone and spilling tea and gossiping (laughs) and all that little whatever's, Mm -hmm. you know, getting on the phone and saying, how are you? And genuinely, not just what you do today or this weekend, how are you doing mentally, emotionally and listening, not ready to jump in with a response, not ready, you know, to say what you should do, but listening and saying, okay, let's unpack this together. Right. Being a support to each other and being able, you know, with the women in our lives to say, Hey, sis, you know, it's, it's okay to let that go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay that everything didn't get done today. You didn't show up for this. There's another opportunity tomorrow. It can be taken care of later. Or I love, I had a woman tell me the other day, if you can afford for somebody to come in and clean your house, do it. Outsource whatever you can outsource in your life to make it more enjoyable and a lot easier. Look, 
And that for me is so important. Like, but I have to be real. I'm still one of those people that would clean before the cleaning person gets here. I remember you said that. Now I'm not gonna say I ain't gonna pick up a little bit, but if I'm finna pay you whatever, I think I paid somebody $75 an hour to do some rooms in my mama's house and she did good. I said, don't y'all pick a thing up. I want all my money worth. Down to the baseboard. She was she, I want all my money worth. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm bad at that. And so that is something I definitely need to work on. Because that is also a stigma, right? Like that was like, oh, don't even have nobody come in your house thinking you ain't clean or thinking you don't take care of yourself, especially as a woman. Now it's okay if a man is whatever, because that's how society treats us differently. I hate that. You can't. I think that's another thing that kind of keeps us back when you said this about society. And I remember a guy I used to date up and up until this year. And he used to say, you don't cook enough. You don't clean enough. And I was like, I don't want to cook seven days a week. I just, I don't. And I don't want to clean my house and then clean yours too. Cause I'm in relationship with you. I'm like, you know, I'm a husband, yeah. but I realized so many men, not all, but a lot have been raised with this notion to believe that the woman you're in relationship with is to provide for you in these aspects and areas of your life, which I think is another part of wearing the cape because I've seen so many women do it. And I'm like, girl, if he don't DoorDash Grubhub something today (laughs) or take his own laundry or stop. That's the thing. And so even with the statement of you not my husband, even if you were my husband, this is supposed to be a partnership. Okay. You're not paying me wages to just clean up behind your mess. Like that is not okay. And so if we are working as a team, if we're working on as a partnership, if we are equals, then you are helping me clean as well. You are mm-hmm. helping me cook as well. Now, if you guys have an agreement that you decide to cook and they clean, you know, whatever works for you, right. but this is supposed to be a partnership. So this isn't just you being alpha male and I'm supposed to be beta and follow behind you and do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not how that's going to work because that also doesn't promote healthy growth and encourage continued love. Cause when you love somebody, you make the choice to stay in love with that person. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. butterflies ain't forever. Butterflies <laughs> come and go. They like to visit. You know what I'm saying? They come mm-hmm. for a period of time. They leave for a minute. They come back, you know, but it's not, you know, oh, we're just going to be in a honeymoon phase every day of our marriage. And so when that honeymoon phase has taken a leave of absence for a little bit, Y'all still need to have a relationship of healthy communication, of support, of love, of fun and laughter. And you can't mm-hmm. do that if you clean it behind somebody all the time. Okay. You don't feel like they're doing anything to support you. So even if the, cause you know, we see that a lot, like you asking for, you know, husband things and a boyfriend, you know, but you a boyfriend. But even then, as a husband, there are certain things you should step up to the plate and be able to do yourself. Okay. I do not become your maid. I do not become your servant. I do not become free labor when we get married. That's not all right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to be, you know, the only one working, 
and then you want me to take care of the home that's different right but we both working coming home tired and then I'm supposed to pick up jobs two and three at home Mm -mm. to you that's not okay not gonna work (laughs) (laughs) not gonna work gosh yeah and like you said a lot of that comes from having mothers who wore the cape and who encourage their sons to get women who wear the cape. Mm-hmm. And it's it's some term I saw that a lot of mothers who have worn the cape and even some of those who don't have a partner or a husband or long-time partner sometimes have sort of like the, an emotional connection to their sons oh, yeah. where it's like that's their man and then they want their sons to find a woman like them or they want to be that third strand in that relationship instead of God. And I'm like, can we stop? Can we just see how problematic that is? <laughs> yes, it is a co- unhealthy codependency. A lot of times women or mothers have problems cutting those apron strings because they do place their sons in this partner role and so they end up being like the baby husband and this isn't just for single women this happens with married women too they end up placing their sons in this baby husband role and so Mm -hmm. when a woman actually comes along that he's serious about usually that's when all heck breaks loose because unless she's gonna fall in line and do what she wants her to do you know, do does what the mother-in-law wants her to do is mm-hmm. a problem, you know, because the mother always wants to hold that number one spot in their son's life. But look, that ain't Bible. Bible says leave and cleave, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of these mothers who are Christians ain't ready for that yet. <laughs> so- I'll leave that one right there, but <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Look, that's why I always look at it like this. When that happens, that teaches me what not to do. So with my son, I have a daughter and I have a son. And with my son, like, well, actually with both of my children, I already pray that they have the God chosen spouse for them, Mm -hmm. you know, and I pray that they have healthy relationships. And I know that, yeah, it may be hard because you've seen your kids grow up and be adults, you know, and that's a transition when you remember when you were changing their diapers and everything, you know, mm-hmm. so I know that's not an easy transition, but to keep it healthy, you got to back up, do some other stuff, take a college course, get in some, you know, dance classes mm-hmm. or something, you want to help fill your time up, <laughs> do something. Actually. So yeah, my, my goal is to not be that woman when it's my time for my kids to grow up and get married. You know, I want them to want me in their lives, not feel like they need to depend on me for something in their lives. So, but yeah, girl, you got me going on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. I think it's good conversation because that is also part of the effect of wearing a cape. Mm-hmm. So wearing the cape is absolutely a breeding ground for unhealthy relationships. And it's not just unhealthy romantic relationships. It's unhealthy familial relationships, you know, with your children, with your parents, with your extended family, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's so important that we see how this bleeds out into other areas of our lives. And so wearing that cape is dangerous and it ain't just for us. We think and we helping people, but in the long run, 
we end up harming people in our relationships with them. I would agree. Yeah. So that's, that's major. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So you know that this podcast focuses on people who have done everything for everybody else and who feel super overwhelmed, feel like they don't have any time or energy to do anything for themselves after they get finished doing their laundry list of things that they have to do. What do you suggest or what are some ways you think they can incorporate to try to help drop the cape? Because it's not just a, well, usually it's not just a like, oh yeah, I'm done. I'm dropping a cape. Usually it's a process, right? Because mm-hmm. while you may have in your mind that you want to drop the cape, nobody else wants that, you know? And so these are all people you love and you care for. And so that takes time. That takes a process. And really trying to create boundaries, like boundaries don't just happen overnight. And so what are some things that you suggest they can do to help them drop the cake? Um, I like to be a planner. <clears throat> so personally, um, I journal. Mm-hmm. I like to write down my feelings and things like that. And in that journaling process, I like to play out just certain conversations and things I know the people are going to ask of me. And it's sort of like how I tell people to prep for a job interview, play the conversation in your head and prepare your response. Mm -hmm. So I know for me in certain friendships, like I have friends who still want to go out and party like we 20 some years old. (laughs) I know that's who you are as a person. I know that's your expectation of me. So I already know going into conversation with you being like, you know, I really want to talk to you about just some of the things we do in this relationship. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm not okay with. And, you know, I think this is not for me. And I think slowly introducing your no, as I like to call it to people, because, you know, somebody call you, you'd be like, no, They're like, well, what's wrong with you? You've done this so many times. Like, are you having a bad day? But I really learned when I assert myself in a conversation and provide an explanation or context, not that you should explain yourself to everybody, but for those people really close to you, when you kind of let them know, like, I'm, I'm shifting in perspective. My feelings are changing. So it's a no. And this is my boundary they become more receptive to it because you allow them to come in and see it. And then in other things too, you know, even at work, I start to let people know I don't have the capacity. That's my new favorite word. Yeah, my boss looks at me and she's like, you better not say it. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't have the capacity. <laughs> and my coworkers like, here she go again, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> You can't keep juggling all these balls in the air. Mm-hmm. It's going to fall. And my thing is, if I if I tell you, if I let you know, but most importantly for me, writing it out, writing out my life, writing my story lets me see, okay, this, this is where I'm starting to feel a burden. Mm-hmm. It's time to have that conversation. Absolutely. Or time to let it go. Have you ever run into a situation where people were hesitant? Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it's so crazy. I had a conversation with my mom today about my job. And previously I was an assistant to a really high profile person, an agency. And 
she started to blur the lines where she expected my professional role to carry over in a personal role. Like, hey, can you come to my house? And ma'am, no. After five o'clock, I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I realized I was always overextending myself, even professionally. Sure, I'll go grab your lunch. Sure, I'll take this call. Sure, I'll pull your car out the garage. So you're already expecting me to lay myself before you and be available. And I was like, I'm tired. My Saturday and Sunday are mine. My after five is mine. And, you know, even with family, I've had conversations with my mother and with my sibling where I'm like, I don't want to do that. And it doesn't serve me. And, you know, people look at you like, what? It doesn't serve me. And, you know, just letting people know, I want to be happy. I think when you remind people that you deserve to be happy, it kind of knocks them off. Well, like, aren't you? No, I'm not happy. This doesn't please me. This doesn't serve me. It sort of forces them to stop and look and see the effect that they're having on your life. Mm, that's a good one. So, yeah. yeah. I like to turn it back on them. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. And I mean, the thing is, I think that, you know, I can easily see somebody responding, well, I want to be happy too. And it made me happy if you did such and such and such. And I'm like, well, your happiness should not depend on my actions. Okay. Right. And so we have to learn that we are responsible. Like that what Will Smith said, we're responsible for our own happiness. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the red table because Jada said me being happy, him being happy ain't dependent. Mm-mm, it's not my job to make you happy. Right. Right. And so it's so important that we recognize that we have control. You know, it's amazing to me that as women, we wear these super women capes and we do all these things for other people and we overextend ourselves a lot of times, you know, for other people become overly accommodating or things like that. But then yet and still, now we recognize we have the the skill to be able to help everybody else. But for some reason, we feel so powerless to stand up for ourselves and just say no. You know, and so it's really important that we recognize all that power that you have for everybody else, all that you're willing to do and stand up for and be an advocate for everybody else. Be your own advocate. Like you have the power to say no. Say I I appreciate you. I love you, but I can't, you know, and it's not personal towards you. It's me trying to be better for me. And I love that. if they can't respect that, not everybody's going to like it, but if they can't respect that, then maybe you need to reevaluate how much they show up in your life and in what ways they show up in your life, because you don't need somebody, even if they're blood being a negative source of energy for your growth. You shouldn't always have to be fighting your internal people, your village for you to grow, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's so important. And I think most of the times we have this fear that if we stand up or say something, then it's going to be terrible or we're somehow going to lose that person in our lives. But if they really love us, like they say they do, then they will learn to adjust and respect our new boundaries. And so we also need to make sure that we don't end up cutting ourselves off at the foot by succumbing to fear and not doing it because we're worried about the outcome when the outcome could actually be much better than you anticipated. That's a word. <laughs> That's a word. And it, it sounds crazy when I'm about to say this, but 
stop holding on to dead relationships like you hold on to dead ends. You know, when we were talking about hair, if you don't clip off them dead ends, that hair not going to grow. That is going to travel up that strand and you're going to ruin your hair. Holding on to dead relationships is going to slowly kill certain parts of you. That is so true. That is so true. And it's going to stop parts from not only is it going to kill the parts that you already have, but the parts that you haven't had the ability to nourish and grow, they mm-hmm. won't even get the chance. So you have un, you know, unreleased potential in things that you don't even recognize because your head is so clouded and full of, you know, this negativity or this toxicity from, you know, somebody that you love and care for. Right. Yeah, that's so important. So speaking of saying no, I feel like that's one way that we help take care of ourselves and protect ourselves and drop the cape, right? But what do you do as you are a business owner, you have a full-time job, you're a podcaster, you're a vlogger, you know, and your full-time job is demanding, you know, and you have all the roles that you play in your family. What do you do for self-care? I have a quiet day. And when I tell people that I actually just told my partner this like a couple weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to choose Wednesday as my quiet day. He was like, what is that? I said, don't call me. Don't text me. You may call and the phone is off. Mm -hmm. And I literally do that. And my friends make a joke of it. But for 24 hours, unless it's an emergency, I don't want to be accessible to anybody are you off of work too I will take a day off I will definitely take a mental health day um here lately it's starting to fall on Sundays when it happens but if on Tuesday I just know I'm completely overwhelmed I'll send a text to my boss I'm taking a personal day tomorrow and I'll send a text to my family unless it's an emergency don't call me and let them know my phone is off between this time And if anybody's ever been to Chicago, we have a strip called Lakeshore Drive. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. And it's just a mile, well, miles of strip along Lake Michigan. And you go from the south side to the north side. At night is beautiful. So I will put on music, hop in the car, drive down Lakeshore Drive with the windows down and just relax and enjoy being in solitude with myself mm-hmm. you know don't have to go get my hair done or my nails done or a massage or anything but just spend the day talking to myself loving on myself read a book sleep in whatever just enjoy that peace I love that I love that I'm trying to think if I can incorporate it I don't know if I can do it <laughs> With a husband, kids, I, I can imagine it. Right. it can, if the kids are a little bit older, it might be, it will be easier. My daughter's six, so it's easier, you know, for me. But my two-year-old, that ain't. Yeah, you don't care. I can't respect no boundaries right now. <laughs> but that's a really good. Actually, reminds me of. Have you heard the song by India Ire called "Private Party"? I have not, and I'm. It's that's bad because I'm a huge India fan. Look it up. I absolutely, it's one of her earlier albums. Um, it's a song on one of her earlier albums, but I absolutely love Indiari and that party, that private party reminds me of exactly what you said. So get a chance and look it up. I am. Yeah, that's really good. So I love that. 
Yeah, that's good. That is mm-hmm. really good. A quiet day. And you also shared what I like about that too, is you shared the flexibility in it. So like it started off on Wednesdays, but now because of, you know, what's going on in your life is had to move to Sundays, but mm-hmm. you still make sure you have that day. And I think that's yeah. important because sometimes, especially as planners, you can be really stuck on the plan. And so mm-hmm. something comes up and you can't do it on a Wednesday. Then it's like, oh, just everything's messed up. And now you just got to wait till next Wednesday. No, let me move it to a different day during the week. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for me, I don't have any children. And I was texting my male best friend. And as a planner, like I've planned with my partner the year, how, you know, we can plan all we want. It may not happen, but there's a plan for when this is going to happen. And I said, I'm going to make the most of this time period that I have for these quiet days. Yeah. Because it's going to be a point in time. There's my husband. There's the baby. There's my mama. There's the dog or whoever (laughs) that needs something. (laughs) So while I have this space and opportunity, yeah, we're going to shut everything down. And Linnea is going to focus on Linnea unless the, the world is burning down around me. Right. Just leave me alone <laughs> on this time period. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love that. And so what are some of your goals? I feel I like to ask this of everybody because I feel like, you know, no matter where we are in life, we're always going to have goals. And mm-hmm. so I really think it's important to share so that the ASW family can see like, hey, they're doing really well. They're successful, but guess what? They still have goals and things that they want to accomplish too. And so that means that I shouldn't feel bad about having goals or, you know, that my goals haven't been acquired yet, because guess what? There's always going to be more goals, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just a continuous process of learning and working and trying to grow to be our best selves. So what are some of your current goals right now? Um, Professionally, I am eagerly waiting the day to leave the rat race of working for someone else. So my biggest goal is one day for Shy Unique Finds to be sustainable where it takes care of all of my financial needs. And, you know, that and the vlog and a podcast, because you can monetize, you know, vlogging and podcasting, all those things. But even within those things, because like I said, I make waist beads with my jewelry brand and I've been able, I've been so blessed to connect with so many women on body positivity, learning to love your body, appreciate your body, the curve, the shape. So just that movement as a whole, especially as a plus size woman, you know, I always hear some women like, I want to lose weight first. And I always tell them I am 300 plus pounds. I wear six strands of waist beads for almost a year and a half now. And I love it. And I love me and who I am. And no matter how I change up or down, I'm going to love me. Mm-hmm. So getting that message out and just being able to work for herself is a professional goal. Personally, to and it sounds cliche to be happy and not just oh I'm having a good day because we have ebbs and flows but to be able to look at my life 20 30 years from now and really feel like I was in charge Mm. I mean I know God's in charge but that I 
did everything that he told me to do. Mm-hmm. He gave me the capability to do, and that was in my power to do. And when I have my children to raise them with that same sentiment, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be little mini me's, but to know mm-hmm. your life. You have that joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And I want you to talk to us about way speed. So I feel like okay. way speeds are a part of our culture that we don't know a lot about. Right. right. And so I've seen people talk about it as like inspiration for weight loss because you can see how they're fitting you different. So you're not always like looking at the scale, but you can see how it's actually impacting your body. But if I'm not mistaken, there's also a deeper connection for waist beads, right? So can you just tell the family, teach us, let us learn about waist beads, please. And we don't have a whole lot of time, but you know, just, just help us out a little bit. Just real quickly, um, waist beads historically have been around for centuries, So they actually originated in like Western and Southern parts of Africa. So they have links to the Yoruba tribe in Nigeria. There are Ghanaian waist beads. Um, There's even hieroglyphs of waist beads in Egypt. So yeah, like it's for centuries. And in certain tribes, when baby girls are born or they're young, they actually tie waist beads on them. And as they grow and they get older, so, you know, we tend to think of young ladies coming to womanhood around 13. There are ceremonies where mothers and grandmothers will gift young girls new waist beads to celebrate their femininity, to celebrate coming into womanhood, to celebrate all of those new things they're going to experience, puberty, motherhood. Um, In some tribes, men actually gift their wives waist beads instead of rings. Hmm. And, you know, it's taboo in certain cultures for anybody other than yourself or your spouse to see your waist beads. You don't show them. And I think here in America, we picked up on it as a fashion trend. But I know for me, um, one of the great things about it, too, is intention setting. So I know in my personal life, last year, I started a fitness goal. And when I tied my waist beads on, I said my affirmations. This is a commitment to myself to eat better, to work out, to love myself, to appreciate my body for what it's capable to do. And even in my new relationship, you know, in front of my partner, I tied on three new strands. And I said, this is my commitment to communicate to you, to love you, to grow with you. And when I get married, these beads will come off because I've held that commitment. I've finished that journey and I'll have a new strand for that next journey. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing because like I said, I mainly saw it as um, like fitness or weight loss Mm -hmm. inspiration, but I knew that it had a deeper meaning, but I didn't necessarily know what it was. And so thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you putting us on to a little education and helping us out with what it means and how it actually ties back to our culture. Of course. And like I said, every tribe is different. Colors have meanings and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, If anybody's interested, you can hit me up and I'll go into all of that. But the big thing for me is one, 
a nod to the African diaspora and African culture and two, being intentional in something because, you know, people always ask, do you take them off? You don't. Unless they pop or you cut them off, those beads never come off your body. Hmm, okay. So that's a whole <laughs> commitment. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I forget I have them on, but I'm like, okay, today it's at my hip. Today it's under the bus. That's that weight part. Because when you gain, they roll up. <laughs> when you when you lose, they roll down. And some days you wake up and you're like, oh, these beads up under my chest. What's, what's going on? You know, push away from the table, go for a walk. Have you, you know, a little bottle of water or something. And when they fall down, you're like, okay, I'm I'm in tune with what I said I was going to do. Right. But that commitment. That's, that's good to know. I really do appreciate that. I'm going to have to look into this some more. I may end up getting some waist beads for myself. Yes, if you do, like I said. And one thing I do want to remove is a lot of people have this stigma with intention setting, that there's some type of witchcraft or, you know, spirits with it. And it's not, it's a strand of beads. You know, I always say to people, when I say affirmations, it's like, I'm praying, God, give me the ability to love myself openly and freely. God, allow me to appreciate what I can and can't do. Right. Affirmation is a prayer. I'm affirming that all of things, these things God said about me is within me and for me. Right. And I just have this tool to remind me I made a commitment to myself. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the religion, that's a whole different. Yeah. <laughs> if you can do a vision board, if you can set New Year's resolutions, you can absolutely have intentions and affirmations and manifest what you feel God wants you to do in your life. Mm-hmm. And so having a physical representation of that on your body is no different than you having a vision board that you okay. look at every day or people putting up quotes and stuff around their house or around their office is no different. And so mm-hmm. I'm not even going to get into <laughs> into my thoughts and how people try to villainize African culture and beliefs you know that's a whole separate episode trust and believe that it's really just about you being your best self at the end people and that's another thing that is fear-based right when you don't understand something when you don't know something you put negative energy towards it you automatically assume that it's negative and that's not the case and we need to stop approaching life that way. Mm-hmm. My last question for you, and I thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I love what it. do you want your legacy to be? What do you Ooh. see in that dash that you want centuries from now for people to say, yes, Lania West was this? Oh, wow. I want people to say that Lania West was kind. I want people to say I was considerate, but I want people to say that I was committed to helping them love themselves, to embrace being themselves, but that I did it in a way where I didn't compromise anything about myself. Mm. She was firm and understood who she was, but she gave a love that just 
you know, you don't find. <laughs> and I know that may sound cliche, but wow, you know, beautiful. That's 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 my thing. I want people to know. I want you to love yourself. I want to help you to love yourself. But in the process, I'm not going to compromise anything about me. Right. So (laughs) I think that is beautiful because it shows your heart for other people while also showing your heart for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where we need to be. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing for other people. There's nothing wrong with having a heart for other people. We are called to help people. Mm-hmm. But we can't do it at the expense of ourselves. We mm-hmm. also have to help ourselves and love ourselves and value ourselves enough to know that we deserve that investment, just like we're investing in others. And so I think that is beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm so glad I did this. I'm so glad too. I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. I think we had a beautiful conversation on IG. And so I was like, we need to keep this going. I need to have her on a podcast. (laughs) Girl, I I have to say, um, I took a little bit of it to Facebook and the ladies was like, Psalms 31, what? They was in an uproar. The saints was like, no, ma'am. I was like, were they? (laughs) Oh, Did they read it? Did they read the chapter? I actually had one of my really good girlfriends. She was like, this is why you need to come to church, to my church and my pastor, break it down like this. I was like, ma'am, you be blessed. (laughs) I mean, it's scripture. It's the first verse. I'm not making it up. I do, I definitely don't. And, you know, is this is a whole nother topic, a whole nother conversation. I think some of us, Lord, forgive me, especially older generations have been beating us upside our heads with our Bibles to look and interpret and praise and worship one way. And when you dive deeper and get to know the spirit and get to know your spiritual self and your beliefs, your way, they're like, uh-uh, everybody's relationship with God is different. Absolutely everybody's walk is different and with everybody how they're fed from the spirit and from the book is different absolutely so yeah. i agree with that but also the word is the word is the word and, and so- when you broke it down and i looked at it and afterwards my partner because he's a son of a minister he broke it down and then i went and i read and i studied for myself i was like oh i feel so much better i don't want to be that one Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. Oh, that, you know what? You should actually do a podcast episode about your boyfriend um, breaking it down. Yeah. We rarely hear a man's perspective about it. And so I think that would be a really amazing episode to have him break it down and see what his, you know, take on it is as a man about this woman who was considered the most revered woman in the Bible outside of Mary you know yeah that would be amazing that would be and he also he was like I don't want that either I was like (laughs) absolutely absolutely and so thank you so much we're about to transition into our weekly segments so we have our beacon of encouragement our encouragement challenge and then our encouragement quotes the encouragement challenge which is what I usually start off with is something that just helps us through the week where we challenge ourselves to do something that maybe pushes us outside of our comfort zone, but helps us in a journey of taking up our cape. 
And so Mm -hmm. if you have any ideas of what you think would be a good um, encouragement challenge this week is by all means, please share. Ooh, okay. What is something I'm doing this week? I encourage women to do something that they have just been itching to do, but they may be nervous about or scared of. So if that's wearing red lipstick for the first time, wear your red lipstick, girl. If that's going to get that haircut, get that haircut. I know for me, it was going live and talking about my business. Mm -hmm. So I encourage women to do that thing because I know we all get that one thing that's just tapping us on our shoulder to just do it just try it yeah you don't have to tell nobody you don't have to show nobody but just do it absolutely I think that's amazing yeah and that's the crazy thing right even in the church red lipstick is a a whole thing red lipstick red nails (laughs) you see I got my red on red (laughs) and it looks good Thank you. Thank you. Because yeah, I never understood, even with me growing up in a church, always having to wear stockings and always having to wear, you know, if I had on a short sleeve dress, I had to wear a sweater. And that stuff made no sense to me. I was like, I don't think Jesus is going to be upset if I take this sweater off because I'm hot. gosh but that's the difference between religion and relationship right okay so yeah i i get it ladies wear your red lipstick wear it (laughs) Uh, that is good so thank you so much i appreciate that weekly encouragement so next is our beacon of encouragement and this Uh week i want to honor you yay encouragement so you do so much so I love the fact that you which I just learned today about what you do at your daytime you know your day job and how selfless of a job that is I know Mm -hmm. that that is a selfless job and so and I also know that because the job is so demanding sometimes it changes people not always for the best ways Mm-hmm. And so I'm thankful that it has not done that to you. You have not let it do that to you. And you continue going and working in your position with a full heart. And so mm-hmm. I'm thankful for you for that. I'm thankful for all the things that you do outside of that. You know, how you have such a heart to help and support other women, how you're promoting peace and self-love. I mm-hmm. absolutely love that. And how you're just supporting women, supporting businesses. So Thank you so much for all you do. You are this week speaking of encouragement. I appreciate you. And I just wanted to give you your flowers and tell you to just keep on going because you are definitely making a positive impact in this world. I appreciate that. You don't know this week has kicked my behind. (laughs) So to end it on such a positive note, I definitely appreciate you. And I appreciate your platform for, you know, saying something I've been screaming quietly for a while. Take that cape off. Take it off. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think it's so important because, you know, most of the time what we see on the air is women tearing women down, especially Black women. That's usually what gets the most attention, right? Mm -hmm. It is who fighting today on 
you know, basketball wives or love and marriage Huntsville or whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's usually this airtime of women, you know, working against other women. And so I think, honestly, even though there is some of that, that's really the minority. The majority Mm -hmm. of us are supporting and uplifting and encouraging one another. And so, you know, my platform is not on that level yet. I'm naming and proclaiming. But we need to do more um, to show that that's not the norm. The norm is women encouraging other women to be their best selves. And so mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you have been a part of that and have joined me on that as well. So I really appreciate that. And thank you. Thank you. Love so it. The last thing is the encouragement quote. And I had to write it down because, you know, my memory ain't where it used to be. <laughs> So the encouragement quote this week is supporting another success won't ever dampen yours. Yes. And that's by an unknown source. I don't know who, who said that, but it spoke to me when I, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times part of that going against each other is because we feel threatened and like, that's going to, you know, either devalue us in some way or take something away from us. When it's the opposite, if you continue to encourage and support them and being able to live their best lives, then you two can continue to help lift each other up to greater heights, you know, but we have to be able to see it and look at it that way for it to happen or else we just end up tearing each other down. I definitely agree. Yeah. So I love that quote. I was like, oh, yes, this this is perfect. (laughs) And with that, I really want to thank you for joining me. You have been a wonderful guest. And I'm so thankful. You are our last guest of the season. I'm excited about that, too. Yes. Congrats on the second season on so many episodes. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I am. I am proud of myself. I'm proud of myself because, like I said, this wasn't something I saw for myself. This was not in my plan when I planned my life. This was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to take the move. Right. Move. <laughs> I'm trying to be in obedience. I'm trying to actively continue to walk in obedience. And so to me, I'm proud of myself because this shows which sometimes I can have issues with consistency. I ain't even going to front just in my regular life. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm happy that I've been consistent with this, you know, and that shows me that I have the ability to be consistent and to be walking in obedience, right? Because when you're walking in obedience, it's a journey. So it's not just a one time, yeah, I walked in obedience to you that one day. Nah, it's a real life journey over here. And so I'm thankful that I've been uh, sticking to it. Yeah, so thank you. I appreciate that. And please tell people where they can find the magnificent Linnea West on all the socials, all the anything. (laughs) You everywhere, but um, you can find me if you're interested in jury or inspiration at shy underscore unique shy c h i underscore unique underscore finds jury finds jury is all one. If you want to connect with me personally, my social media is open public. You can say what you want. It's Linnea L A N I A underscore Marie. And then the other two are just real simple. My vlogcast is State of Emergency Podcast. And the 
podcast, which is still on hiatus, we are trying to come back in 2022, is the number two East podcast. Um, that one is a little interesting. I do it with my male best friend. He's a little rough around the edges, but that's my boy. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of videos you see me going, huh? <laughs> looking lost at the time like what you say <laughs> but um find me at any of those linea underscore marie gives you links to everything and i'm on every page every day <laughs> so you can shoot a message to any of them and you'll find me awesome and i will put make sure that's in our description box as well to make it a little bit easier for them to find you yeah. And I just want to thank you. You have been wonderful. I really appreciate your time and coming here for the ASW family listening. Thank you so much for joining us. We are on this journey of encouraging each other to live our best lives without the cape. And so I'm so thankful that you joined me for another episode. Feel free to go to my website, www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com to find my podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman and on Facebook at antithesis of superwoman. And I do have a Facebook group called the Antithesis of Superwoman Encouragement Collective. And so we're a new group. We're getting started and just really having a safe space to encourage each other to live our best lives. And so Mm -hmm. I welcome you to join me. And I so thank you for joining me on this journey because this is a journey, right? We have to remind ourselves to take the cape off every single day. We've been wearing it for years. We're used to wearing it for years. And even though we're tired of it, it's still a a sense of comfort having it on, right? And so we really need to be okay with being uncomfortable, sitting in the uncomfortable and taking that cape off each and every day. And don't let other people put that cape on you either, okay? Okay. And so (laughs) thank you so much. I will see you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate you being here. This has been a blessed episode. I love the energy and vibes that we have. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm happy to do this with you again. Right. I would love for you to come back. I would love for us to continue to collaborate and work together on things. And so thank you so much. Thank you, ASW family. Until next time, remember, no cape, no cap. Bye. Thank you.